welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode number 67 of the We're Alive Fancast, where we cover every new release of the We're Alive audio drama, Lockdown. I'm Mr. Redbeard. And I'm Mick. Hello to you in a place, in a studio that's foreign to our regular studio environment. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am. I'm tired. <laughs> are your arms tired? Uh, my arms are tired, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, it, it's been pretty uneventful. I'm in a hotel full of cops having some kind of law enforcement convention <laughs> over there in the in the nation's capital, Washington D.C. Yep. Nice. Wonder where those uh, officers are from. Uh, I don't know. They, uh, one of the guys on the plane said that. Uh, he sat next to someone that was going to that, so at least from St. Louis. Hmm, I wonder if there's anybody from the Twin Towers Correctional Facility. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Should we warn them? I had just the story for you. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I don't have any corrections to talk about this week, but Casey says the white guy on the, on the right side of that poster is Chuck, and he's not a white guy. Quote. Quote. Quote white guy. He says that, but, you know, go look at the artwork and see for yourself. And then post on the forums uh, as to what you think. Right. Doofus was having fun with that on Twitter. It was great. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh. We have no iTunes reviews for this week, but uh, if you want to go out there and leave one for us, let us know what you think about the show. We'll read it on uh, the next show that it appears before we have the recording of, if that makes sense, and my Yoda speak. It makes <clears throat> makes sense. Yes. <laughs> recording, you will. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, you know, I didn't check Google Play for anything on there. Oh, do they? I wonder if they have that. <laughs> Does this, is there a podcast section? <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Uh. Is there a podcast section? Got me. Um, hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I go to movies and TV. That's one of the sections. There's not a whole lot there. Music? Nope, nope. I don't see podcast. Wait, entertainment? No. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> Nope. Here we go. Yeah, on the left side, you hit the little menu button as a podcast thing. Where are you? I don't see that. Let's see where. There's like a little, you know, the little menu lines, the three lines. Oh, oh my gosh. You type in We're Alive, we come up before We're Alive. Nah. <laughs> We're the first one. <laughs> yes. It's We're Alive Fancast, then We're Alive, then We're Alive Lockdown. Uh, I take it back. Uh, Google Play is not a viable option. That that that's all wrong. <laughs> Wait, listen to us first, and then go check out the <laughs> audio drama. 
I don't even see that. I'm. A, are you on your phone or are you in? I'm on uh, the PC. I don't see that. And there are no reviews to be seen. Well, just do us a solid and go out there and fill one out for us. I'm not sure you can <laughs> even do that. <laughs> Send Google an email. Google at gmail.com. <laughs> that seems legit. Yep. <laughs> okay. I don't know. They're still figuring that out. Yes. All right, we have a pretty uh down and dirty quick show for you today. Not that the episode was uneventful, but it seemed pretty clear, cut and dry. Oh yeah, and it's just not much in the way of uh feedback this week, but if you do want to send us some stuff, of course you know where we are. If you've been listening, if not, WAFancast at gmail dot com. Or you can tweet us at WAFancast or search We Are Live Fancast on Facebook. I'm ready to move on to the scene-by-scene coverage. Oh. Show me what you got. (laughs) (laughs) Show me what you got. (laughs) Okay, of course we're covering part three of We're Live Lockdown. And this episode we're going to do a brief summary of each scene before we talk about all the story that's contained inside of that, that piece. And we'll break it down. Uh, some of these summaries will be more brief than others. We start out at in T-Block with the things pounding on the door, uh, like at the end of last episode where they're all trying to break in. The inmates are unchained, and the work to stack furniture embrace the doors while Fredo, Fredo continues to hammer away at, at the wall in the padded cell. Once the threat is over, Mark orders everyone back to the holding room, and, the, and then collectively the group groans, including Danny. So, Fredo hungry. Fredo will not stop for anything. <laughs> I wouldn't think he would trust them just to have his back either, but maybe he's just not paying attention. Uh, you know, I was kind of expecting them to break through the door and have all-out mayhem killing zombies at the very beginning of this episode. That's what it seemed like at the end, end of the last one. Yeah, but it it wraps up rather quick as like a a faux problem cliffhanger yeah. sometimes do, which is fine. It's more like Mark wanted to redecorate the door. <laughs> 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 now Simon gave a pretty good description of the uh, the infected during that time period, and he said uh, that this they were similar to the drunk and talked about their cloudy eyes again. Oh yeah, he did, and, and how strong they were. And so, yeah, they stacked up the stuff, and the door stopped shaking. I'm guessing the door stopped shaking, because I was picturing them, like, breaking through the door. But what we learned later, the door is still pretty well intact, so I don't think that they were, like, literally breaking the door. Just about to, if they were left un unblockaded. Yeah, it seemed like the biggest thing they got accomplished was that the infected couldn't see them through the window. Right. And also, they, I guess they got more quiet than they had been. Yeah. And so we get we get Mark saying that they needed to be locked back up. That was pretty unpopular, but at this point I think I'm still agreeing with him that it's unpopular, but it's still a jail and if he's gonna be pretending to do his job he better pretend to do it. Yeah, I I don't know what my approach would have been there. I I, I see both sides. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would have done anything different. Right, of course. It's I mean, we all know that 
civilization has collapsed and it's the apocalypse and there's no reason to hold these uh, types of things we do in jails. <laughs> yeah. You know, keep doing them, but he Mark, doesn't know that yet. For Mark, sure. Mark seems like a very by-the-book kind of guy, and I think he's in denial that the world is done for. He has to be. But has to be. you would think, because he, he has an inkling that that is the case, you'd think his tone would be a little different towards the inmates to in order to build a rapport of more of a team than uh, Overlord. Yes. And Danny is uh, openly agreeing with the inmates at this point. I'm pretty sure she's one of the ones that groans and she's like, what? Like, come on. Yeah, I think I think she's pretty much done with it. I think she's already resolved to, this is it. It's not going to get much better. Even if someone does come, uh, it's not going to be the same. Right. Ready to go to the next one? Sure. Okay, so uh, before everyone is put in the holding room, Mark notices Jody is missing. He finds her in the office on a computer, and he takes her down with force. Chuck doesn't like this and knocks Mark off of her, which earns him a good tasering. Uh, there's talk about what Jody learns from the network, and at the end of this scene, Fredo shows up with the food. So Jody's on the computer. Yeah. Mark's using a little bit of excessive force here. Uh... I I wasn't real comfortable with that. I mean, I, I guess she's an inmate. I don't know. I still don't like the manhandling of a woman. Uh, I just, I'm real uncomfortable with that. Makes me angry. Right. Now, if she was a known violent offender, I could see it, which I, I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with it, but I could understand it at that point. But, but she's but, on a computer. I mean, yeah. it's like the fear of, oh, they're going to, she's going to set off a... A nuclear war. Right. And you know, escalation of force, you don't start at that. You start with uh, well, the presence, of course, but then you would get vocal and say, hey, you know, put your hands somewhere else than the keyboard. Yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to Mark feels like he's losing control. Oh, he's frustrated, for sure. But yeah, Jody ends up saying they're not coming. Do you, do you have the email piece in here, or is that in your I notes? I do. Yeah, I've, I've got that in here. Okay. This uh, whole piece here up until uh, Mark unlocks Jody and Chuck. Yeah. It, it So we're still in the same scene? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Jody says that they're not coming, and she talks about the emails that were stuck on the server as unde- undeliverable or couldn't be sent yet. They're in a queue, and they're... It's a message from the doc, one of the dock workers, one of the guards out there to his supervisor saying that they're inside and outside the jail and they've taken over the bay. Right. That That's a pretty solid confirmation that things aren't going well. No. And, uh, yeah, he's, just, he's looking for advice and they're all trying to use their radios and stuff like that, but. So Danny, at this point, and maybe that's why she was she had an informed groaning earlier in the last scene because she's come around to the fact that things outside didn't go well. Like I can I could picture her in there with you know, yeah, Jody, and then coming out to try to help out. She already knew that you know things didn't go well. Now Danny wasn't extremely comfortable with the idea of Jody getting on the computer just before this in the last episode. 
Now, I don't know if she gave Jody the okay or if she just went ahead and took the heat for it to make the situation better. Oh, good point. I was trying to figure yeah. that out. I went back and listened to it again. And I was like, I, I, I don't hear that. I think kind of Jody kind of did this on her own. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, I, I took it as if uh, Danny had let her on, but no, it's not said real explicit. Uh, well, you know, at least before the fact. Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. I I assume Danny's like, well, you know, got to make the situation a little bit better. I told mm-hmm. her it was okay. And so they, we get to, they begin to have a discussion, and Chuck brings it up, you know, at the, they, they shouldn't be locked up if the city is overrun. Because, you know, there's nothing worth keeping them there, you know. And and if I was Mark and Danny, I wouldn't be really concerned with trying to keep up with them either if I knew the world outside wasn't, you know, intact. But, you know, as heartless as it is, if they elect to leave, it's more food for you, even. I mean, if it becomes th- that kind of situation. And, of course, they know uh, the pr- one problem being if you stay there, like if Chuck and people leave, they know where you are and know that you have food, so you might expect them to come back with, with more force. But we're not going there in this story, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just... I keep thinking, there's only three episodes left. <laughs> where is it going to go? I mean, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, because I expect when, when Ink shows up, it's going to be like at the end of a chapter. And with only three left, that would leave us, you know, five and six with Ink if he shows up at the end of the next chapter. Yeah. And that's got to be some crazy stuff. Right. Depending on how much Simon witnessed or was a part of. That's true. And so Mark is also, he's back and forth a lot here. He's, um, he wants to lock Jody up and Chuck up. And then, you know, Jody's like, well, can you unlock me? He's like, oh yeah, sure. And Chuck's like, well, what about me? Even though Chuck was the one that, you know, kind of met the correctional officer with force. (laughs) Yeah. And I might, and if I was Mark, I would have been like, there's no way. But no, he's like, sure, unlocks him. Uh, Which is fine. I mean, there isn't a whole lot of time in this story. So, like you just said. Yeah, and I I was kind of wondering if he realized that he used too much force. And that's why he eased up like he did. I mean, Chuck was kind of groveling. Yeah, that's another good point. I don't know. I, I was trying to figure that out, too. I was like, this... There's a lot of ha- there's a lot happening in this one little scene really quick. Right, I think that plays into it. That's probably him trying to atone for what he <laughs> for for know, tackling her for going way too excessive with that. Ready to move on? Uh-oh. Yeah, I thought I lost you. It got really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep. so in this next scene, Mark talks with Gavin on the radio, and he's Gavin is somewhere else in the jail. We learned that there was a lot of food found that Fredo brought in at the end of the last scene, and it should last a while. And there's talk between Danny and Mark about how much they can trust the inmates. In this, uh, in Gavin's conversation, he mentions that uh, he's so hungry. <laughs> he just sounds like he's dying of starvation almost. And I think we're, I think we're less than two full days into this at this point. Yeah, Does that sound right? Yeah, and, but it. it the the dialogue was a little weird. Uh, I wondered if he got bit, like, is he slowly turning right now? Mm. I don't know. Just from the way that Mark was talking to him, and 
he said that oh what was it he said if i don't call back you know why now is he infected or is he thinking about offing himself and if if he was going to do that how would he do it cuz like <laughs> like you said it's only 2 days he can't he can't be that bad off no he definitely wouldn't starve to death but i i was thinking he was going to off himself like you said but yeah how but sheets i'm not sure Sounds. It sounds awful. It's a lot of work while you're starving. But <laughs> I mean, I kind of get that he's hurting this bad, hungry after two days. It reminded me of the South Park in like season one, whenever <laughs> whenever they're ready to go to cannibalism after an hour of being locked up somewhere. Yes. But it does. I've read it takes five days for those hunger pangs to like truly go away. And that's only if you don't eat anything at all. If you're snacking in that time period, it doesn't. You still just maintain those pangs. Yeah. So I can understand. I mean, I've I don't think I've went two full days without eating, and I would probably be starving. <laughs> probably hurting. Yeah, I don't know. It's just two days doesn't seem like enough to be at that level of drama. Right. So I, it led me to believe that maybe he's turning. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I don't know. so Mark's Mark's uh then Mark probably doesn't know because he says don't do that back to him. So Mark doesn't have knowledge of that, but it still would make sense that Gavin hadn't told him he's infected. Yeah, I don't know. So Jeremy mentions here that there's lots of food to last a long time. I don't know how much that is or how long that is, but it it provides a little bit, a decision, you know, for later on whether or not they need to hang loose and wait for help to come or yeah this whole thing kind of made me mad the way chuck was acting i've met people that react to situations like that i'm not a, i'm not a fan mhm it, it it's just not level headed i guess yeah he's getting extremely antsy he wants to get out and that kind of dovetailed into whether or not they're going to be let, uh, left to roam around and set up their own little areas to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I don't know how much that you put in the, into your next breakdown. Yeah, but, that's the next piece. So do you have the uh, Jeremy threatening Chuck part in that one? Oh, no, that's just before that. <laughs> okay. Cause, that's the, one of the funniest lines. Yeah, that, this is Jeremy kind of bargaining with Mark about, you know, what's the bigger threat. And his line on there was freaking awesome. <laughs> you know, he threatens Chuck. I swear if you try anything like that again, I'll kick your teeth in. And then, like, the 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 tone changed completely and said, see, we're good. <laughs> yes. But Chuck was seemed to be taking him serious and was surprised by it. Right. And I, I thought that was the... Just some of the best interaction in this episode. Yeah, I'm really beginning to like Jeremy. I mean, I, I think I mentioned last episode that he was really interesting, and I liked his just everything about his character. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm getting on Team Jeremy at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still love. I still love Chuck. I, I can understand his uh, a cabin fever or whatever he's experiencing. He's seven years, and just was that was his day to leave and all that. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. You know, what, there was one more thing. Yeah, uh, there. Danielle and Mark were talking near the end of the scene, 
And uh, Mark was sharing his concerns, and Danielle was saying it's okay. But she she said they're different, and talking about these inmates, right? And I was kind of wondering what's going on there. Now, my conspiracy brain for a second, you know, put on your hat. Uh, <laughs> I put a question in here. Said, "What's the deal with Danielle? Is is she something different than what she lets on? Is it you know just because she's new at the time of the outbreak and acts so different?" Is that coincidental? Is that because she's new? Or does she have an ulterior motive for being there and this just happened to happen? Uh, I don't know. I didn't know if there's something more to that situation than what we know at this point. Yeah. I didn't get my hat on in time. (laughs) 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 I I think she's just new, fresh, and naive to some of this. Right, but no, that would be interesting. It'd be a good twist. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking when she said they're different. If I was Mark, I'd be like, "You don't even know what you're talking about." Yeah, I kept waiting for that. And <laughs> Mark guys is would like, "Cut your throat to walk right out of here." <laughs> Mark seems to give in real easy, and then get mad about it later. He does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, we got. This next scene, the inmates set up their own areas, and we learn more about the situation in the jail from Jody on the computer, including news that there might be a cell phone possibly capable of contacting the outside world at Guard Station 5. On the other side of Hobo Village. Yes. <laughs> and, okay, and I'm just, I'm, I hope I don't sound like I'm nitpicking this too much, but I love, look, I love the show. I think it's awesome all the time, but I also try to call out little things here and there that I see that just don't, that seem a little strange or whatever. Uh, Simon, when he's narrating, he mentions how, you know, it's like playing fort and everybody's setting up their own areas. And he mentions everyone kept their stuff clean. He's talking about like a day, (laughs) (laughs) 24 ish hours pass. And he's talking about it. Like it was weeks. Did it, did it sound like that to you? Yeah, it like, was a little weird because... Jody kept her sheets tight, like, for a day, really? <laughs> That's Ooh. impressive. Uh, yeah, it was for, well, at least a day, because he said it had been at least 48 hours since, since lockdown. Since lockdown, and no no response team ever came. Right. It may have just been his delivery, but I'm not sure. It just sounded like... Like, I could understand... The way he was talking, I was like, oh, my gosh, what have they been there, like, a week? And then he mm-hmm. said the 48 hours had passed. I was like, what? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a little funny. I was like, well, I guess I get that they want to relay that everybody's kind of got their own little place and everybody's being real meticulous because they're not used to the freedom. They're making something their own when they hadn't really been able to do that before. But, yeah, it, it did come across silly. Nitpick aside, I was enjoying it. I was picturing myself make, playing Fort and how I would set up uh, my little shanty. You know, like, like I, the, the actual thought of it was pretty cool. <laughs> as long as it's not on a hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? So as long as it's not on a hill. Why? My the, my little primitive shelter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I was trying to picture, think of some strategic reason why. I'm like, oh, yeah, so you're not skylined. I get it. (laughs) So you don't roll into the fire. (laughs) (laughs) So you can actually sleep. (laughs) Uh, You know, okay, they were playing cards again, and they were talking about a new game that Chuck taught them. Is this the name of it? 
It sounded like he said T and Lynn. Yeah, that's what I have written down. T and Lynn. And I have never heard of that. Well, at first I thought I heard TMM and I was like, dang it. Casey. Right? Same here. <laughs> Did you see what I wrote back to him the other day? Uh, the, uh, so, so there's this other project. Magic. Yeah, this magic moment. Uh, there's this other project, just in case you guys don't know, that it is got, I guess, kind of a project code name TMM. That he said he didn't know if it would be worthy of a fan cast. It will be. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't see why it wouldn't be. He won't let up what TMM stands for. So, uh, yeah, I posted a YouTube video in response, and it was this magic moment by... Uh, oh, crap. Who's it it'd, be, it'd be even worthier of a fan cast if we could get a week lead for each episode to have a little more time to <laughs> record and <laughs> get episodes available. The Drifters, that's who did it. And maybe even an ad at the beginning of a, a TMM episode one, just to listen to the fan cast. <laughs> yes. Am I going too far with my demands? No. Put an ad out there for us. <sighs> and a helicopter with a million dollars in a skydiving suit. That's his new project. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely hear it. <laughs> yeah, this magic moment. We'll play it over. It'll be the. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be the the theme music for the the team and fancast. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now I'm not sure if we're supposed to be counting taser taser shots they have left, but at this point they have five left. All right, cool. I'm in another that too. You know when they're we're going through all this like we're when they're going back into the office and talking about the camera feeds and all that. Like, well, well before they got in there to talk to her, to Jody, you could hear the keyboard clicks in the background. Like that. Yes. With a, with an ethereal, magical sense of hacking to it. <laughs> not really. <laughs> uh, and I like Sisa. They, I mean, this is the, probably the third time this has come up so far this episode, but Jody's asking, if I can prove no one's coming, we can try to find a way out, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't, on first, my first thought when she, because there, there's a piece after this where Mark talks, but she, then she follows up with, if it helps any, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And I did, I thought what she was saying was she didn't do anything wrong on, on the computers, and if everything's fine and people come back, it's not going to matter. But then I realized, oh, she's saying she didn't do anything wrong. She shouldn't be here, and you could let her out with a free conscience. Yeah. I mean, well, in comparison to some other people, maybe it wasn't. I don't, I don't know. I was wondering what she meant by that, or if she took the heat for someone else, or, you know, there's a barrage of things. Like, in the grand scheme of things, as far as a criminal is concerned, she's not a threatening one. Mm-hmm. But, did, okay, what did you think about Mark asking about, were you going through my emails? Uh, I didn't read too much into that, but now that you say it, it makes me think that does he have something to hide? Yeah, I didn't know if it was that or if he didn't want her having an insight to his wife or whatever. Right. Yeah, he's, he said that and she said, you know, that she's just been going through the unsent email. And then he acts like that's good and she was, you know, being diligent or whatever he says. Yeah. So I I didn't know where that was going, and it doesn't, you know, by the time we get to the end of this, it doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere unless unless Jody tells everybody after he dies. (laughs) 
Right. He's uh you know, he's leaving his wife for Gavin. <laughs> he's really upset that Gavin might not be there for him. Oh my goodness. That's why he's not upset about his wife at all. <laughs> it's not denial. It's he doesn't care. He's been waiting for something to happen. I envisioned envision that's the story that Jenna has for us. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Love you, Jenna. Mr. Redbeard is referring to, you guys might not have caught this, but in the interview with Scratch, Jenna McCombie, I say something about his beard or something. I don't know. Maybe something about Redbeard's personality. And her response was, well, it got your attention, didn't it? <laughs> and I just let it go because I was like, I think she thinks something else, but I'm just gonna we're just gonna keep on with the podcast. This would totally derail us at this point. Golly! <laughs> so well, yeah, go back and listen for that in the Jenna McCombie interview. I, I thought maybe by the end of it she would figure out that wasn't the case or something, but nope. When I went to the series finale in L.A. Uh, she asked specifically where you were, and I told her that you were at home with your kids, and I, I'm not entirely sure she didn't take that as, oh, makes at home with our kids. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't make it. Somebody's got to be home with the kids. <laughs> it's a very progressive relationship. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, jeez. Let's see. <laughs> So yeah, they're hashtag going... team M. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's more the stars. <laughs> it's the story of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get uh, she going through the emails. She finds out a conf- she finds a confiscation report, and I didn't catch this the first listen through. There was actually a lot I didn't catch the first listen through because there's so much happening. It took a second listen through and. Going back and listening again, part of it was I just I listened to this part right after seeing Civil War, and I was still processing that too. But uh, so they they have the confiscation report from Guard Station Five, and there's a cell phone that's there, and it was reported recently enough that it wouldn't have gone to the evidence room. So I, the cell phone thing almost seems kind of magical. I mean, I, I've heard of stories of cell phones being in. In jails and prisons. Not that not that crazy. Right. They hinted at being modified somewhat at this point. They don't go to as much detail as they go into it later, but it's interesting. And it gives them something to do, somewhere to go. Yeah. And at the end of this scene, uh, Mark and Danny ponder asking the inmates uh, to get help to get the phone. When he decides to go ahead and see what they have to say. You have anything more in this uh in this piece? Um No. Uh one more thing for me. I love that Jody knows Danny's first name, but can't remember her last name to say it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Mark didn't like sigh at that, like ah. <laughs> Danny, Well she's playing too fast and loose. She's been hanging out with them this entire time, like just chilling them with the inmates. Right. <laughs> Okay, so in this next scene, um, Mark talks to the inmates to get their opinion on whether or not to go get the phone. Once they decide that it's worth uh, that it's worth the trip, they begin to craft weapons 
and resolve to begin their journey to guard Station 5. Yeah. As so the, they're crafting sorry. weapons and mm-hmm. Lady MacGyver is going to manually override the electronic locks on the doors. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things about We're Alive is the weapons that they come <laughs> up with and the description of them and the creativity <laughs> that goes into it. A mini bat, a mace, and a spear. Uh, yeah, and more powerful tasers. Yeah, jumper the the capacitors and add an extra battery. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of this scene, I had to listen to it twice because you can hear them playing cards. You know, I think they're playing this T, T and Lee, T and Lynn, T and Lynn, whatever it is, and. uh so as he, as he's approaching the cell and he opens a door, or maybe he didn't open the door. It might be closed. I don't know. He someone says some new rule, and another guy says, "I think he's making it up as he goes." And I thought they were referring to Mark. I'm like, oh, here comes Correction Officer Mark, and he's got some new rule. I think he's making it up as he goes. But no, <laughs> they're actually. You could hear Chuck in the background. They're talking about Chuck because he was <laughs> like, it's. It seemed like to them that he was just making up new rules as they were playing. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I think Jeremy kept winning. Right. (laughs) (laughs) One up, Chuck. (laughs) Mark asked them if they think it's worth it. Yeah, that kind of weighing the options. And Chuck (laughs) said, I bet it's Lenny's. And there was that whole interaction about, you knew about it? (laughs) Right. I think that happens once they get there. No, no, that's the here. It's later on they go further into it, and Chuck plays it off as like, oh, you know, I've heard rumors. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I, I thought I thought this was all interesting. It's like they're still figuring out how they're going to do this, and Mark is letting them run around and make weapons. Mm-hmm. But, and Mark, you know, in this scene is coughing more. And I was wondering what was up with that, but not like it matters by the end of this episode. Right. I was like, I guess that's nothing. Maybe that's still from being choked out by the drunkie. Yeah, it was just it's something to give us give us something to talk about <laughs> until Drunk, we get there. Drunkie McDrunk Tank. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of these weapons and that uh, the stuff he makes. And the ter- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle joke was, was pretty funny, too. That was pretty funny. <laughs> And if we find out Fredo doesn't want to go help. No, he does not. And there's some joke about being meals on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a, a section right here that I didn't catch the first couple times I listened to it, but you can hear Bogart in the background praying before they go through the door, before right. the door ever opens. He says something about protect me, father, and I couldn't understand the last part he said. Yeah, they well at one point they said he was Catholic, so I'm I'm assuming it's one of the a pretty yeah. standard prayer. Would have been a pretty quick one because it was like protect me, Father, like a couple syllables and Amen. <laughs> um, now I like Jeremy, who's in, trying to encourage Bogart, and he's telling him, you know, stick by him, we'll be fine, and what's worth, what's worse, you know, laughing at death or shaking and all that. Oh yeah, so I appreciated that. I mean, it's like it adds more to Jeremy that I like, and I'm starting to really pull for him. <laughs> yeah, they're already trying to calm Chuck down because he's already over there starting drama. <laughs> and what was it? Even yeah. white collars learn things. 
Yeah, oh, Jeremy's over there telling Bogart to rap, and Bogart raps something very dark. And Jeremy's like, ah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Chuck's stirring this up. This is this is what uh, we started up last episode, and I was uh, beginning to think that Casey was trolling us, or, you know, fans in general thinking, why doesn't this guy know Spanish? And finally, <laughs> he calls him out for it. Like, you know the inmate population here that speaks only Spanish? <laughs> And you don't know any of it? You've been here how long? Yeah, and then he rattles some Spanish off when Mark tries to call him back out on it. Right. So that was pretty funny. It was. Although, crap, I didn't look up what he said to him. No, I had I did not catch that. Huh. If anybody does have it and wants to send it on to us, we'll gladly say it next episode. Okay. All right, ready to move on? Ready. Okay, so the mission to get the phone begins. Mark, Jeremy, Bogart, uh, Bogart, uh, Simon, and Chuck. Did I miss anybody? No. No. Uh, yeah, Chuck, Simon, Jeremy, and Bogart. And Mark. Uh, they make their way through several halls and doors on their mission. As they get closer to Guard Station 5, the walls and floor get bloodier and nastier, but there are no bodies. Once arriving at Station 5, the key is broken. They find that the key is broken in the door, which leads to some real tension as they work quietly to save the problem. They eventually, eventually do solve the problem, uh, but in the process, drop the key, which that sound alerts the zombies. Everyone does make it into Station, into station 5 and closes the door with a horde closing in. At the beginning of this scene, Jeremy remarks on the smell, and I always forget how bad it's going to smell in the zombie apocalypse, but I'm glad they remind us. It's probably just kind of pungent at the moment, because it's only been a couple days. Right. I mean, bowel smells would probably be the majority of what they're smelling right now. Ripped out entrails and that kind of thing. <laughs> Go into more detail. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I love it when Chuck was starting to slip on the blood. <laughs> he was, man. It was nasty. Oh, yeah. It sounded, it sounded pretty sloppy. And what is it about the apocalypse that Lights just get pulled out of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> stuff happens, man. It does. That's some pretty <laughs> wild stuff going on. Yeah, I, I was wondering if they weren't too fond of the light. I, I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. I thought about it whenever they described it. Like, you know, in The Walking Dead or any apocalypse show, if they're walking through some place that's now no longer inhabited by the living, if there's ceiling lights, they're torn out. Well, you know, if you're outside, there's cars on fire, even if it's been 10 years. <laughs> With it being a, a riot mentality, I, I kind of go back to natural disasters and people going in and taking everything out of department stores, like even the tile off the floor. And I imagine in this scenario, along with just the pure rage that was happening, people were just breaking whatever they could. Oh, yeah. But... It does do a really good job of making things kind of eerie. You know, things are out of place. There's blood everywhere. Nothing's where it should be anymore. Oh, the picture's definitely painted for you. I, I, I felt that when I was listening through it again, I could just visualize everything. The turns in the hallways, the classroom, the whole nine yards, the pile of bodies at the end of the hallway. Right. I had descriptions, sounds, and visuals in my head made this very scary. And it was a well-done, tense scene here at the end, too, with the key stuck in the door. And Bogart said that they were smelling for them. Right. I like that he's he's noticing that. Yeah, that was cool. 
But they had the little noise of the key falling on the floor. Caused a big problem. <laughs> All right, ready to move on? I'm ready. All right, good. Okay, next scene, in Station 5. Uh, once inside, they see a dead guard who tried to lock himself in. They find the phone, but there's no outside lines available. The cell phone, that is. Uh, this leads to a confrontation between Chuck and Mark. Chuck wants to go to Central and lo- and unlock all the doors leading outside, and Mark wants to make his way back to Danny and the rest, not to mention he doesn't want to free inmates. The standoff intensifies as Chuck holds the spear to Mark, and Mark has his lethal taser ready to fire at Chuck. Chuck has had enough and goes to attack when Mark's taser shot kills him. In the midst of this chaos, the group formulates a plan to make it back to T-Block. Uh, yeah, so... Han didn't shoot first in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He got stabbed in the arm. <laughs> now, I did notice some confusion out on the forums. There was somebody that put that uh, Chuck had already stabbed another zombie before stabbing Mark. And that that's not the case. I think Jeremy took out the guard. And so at this point... That wouldn't have caused the initial infection. I think that happens later. Yeah, they see Stan the guard. It's one of the first things they mention when they get in here. Was it Stan or Dan? I thought it was Stan. And I was curious to know if this, and there's another just like random named character later on that you don't know. Uh, were these Kickstarter rewards? Oh, I don't know. To get a name in there? Maybe. If it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll have to look. But that'd be really cool. And if you're if you're Stan, let us know. Or if you know Stan. <laughs> or Mitchell, somebody who comes later. Or if you did a voice. I mean, yeah, once it once your part's played, let us know what you did. We wanna we wanna totally talk about that and how awesome it was that you were in the show. Uh I want a name to come along later so I can pretend it was me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you know, because so they said that the guard was bit, and that's what turned him. And, totally uh, vampire rules. You call yeah. I totally. I was laughing at that. Yeah, I thought. I, I think Casey's talked about that before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, zombies. They're zombies. <laughs> Simon, they're not vampires. <laughs> I I know Casey's got a you know a thing for Twilight, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. <laughs> His whole main problem with it was that they didn't sing enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> if it would have been a, if it had been a musical, it would have been you know High School Musical meets Twilight. Yep, he might have started the Twilight fan cast instead. <laughs> We're alive. <laughs> so Simon gets the the phone. He's trying to dial nine one one, but there's no no signal. And Mark pointed out that maybe it won't work this deep in. And this is when Chuck says, it it does. (laughs) It works everywhere. Mark says, I thought you didn't know about the phone. Chuck said, I didn't want to add to my sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Which I can't blame him, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You can never really gauge where Mark is at anyway, so. No. Look, everybody else gets to leave, but because you use the cell phone inside the prison or the jail. You have to stay. You owe me one more week. (laughs) Sentence carried out. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I love that he knows about the phone, and that's apparently been around for a while. I'm not sure I'd want to handle it, though, since it's been hidden so well. 
butt phone. <laughs> yes. Patent pinned. Not, not the bat phone. <laughs> the red tanks president line. <laughs> space tanks. Space tanks. Oh, man. Whose turn is it? <laughs> no, it's it's my turn. I haven't been able to get on there and do it. It's all... So, dude, we're live taking up all my free time. Uh, it's ridiculous. I, it's it's so worth it. Until we catch up. It's That's all my... No, no Fallout survival mode, which just was released, which I would love for us to do a, a fun little show on that where you hop on Twitch and we talk about it. Um, I'll, I'll hop on Skype and you could record it. Yes. Because it's what, not, not an online game. It won't affect that. Oh, that's good. Uh, well, and, actually, ho- hopefully, if I'm streaming, it'll kill that. Dang it. Uh, as far as Twitch is concerned, hopefully I'll have an Xbox One soon and I can get on there and we can... You know, talk nonsense and my horrible gameplay. Well, no, then you could, uh, yeah, well, you could just watch on Twitch and be in a party chat. It'd be perfect. Yeah, I can just capture all the audio and. Yep. We're, yep. Well, let's pull the audio off of, uh, what is that? Off of Twitch or send it to YouTube and download it. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Sorry. <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's Chuck gets Twitch taste. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we both went there. <laughs> right. So, as soon as he's down, uh, Jeremy's doing CPR. I thought that was kind of cool. He is, and it was, you know, he leaves Bogart alone to man the door, which is... And no, that wasn't uh, Saul. What? <laughs> Playing the medic role. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> which, it's, uh, there's been points where I thought somebody was Michael. Somebody... Uh, I can think in episode one or two sounded a lot like Jim Gleason. I have to go. It was just a line or two though. Not. Yeah. I didn't think it was actually Michael, but I was like, that guy sounds a lot like. Him. That would be cool. One of the Maulers. I don't know. No, it was somebody in, in somebody that we know now that I know their voice and I can't figure out who it was. Hmm. But when I first heard him, I thought it was. Cool. But yeah, the music at this point, whenever Chuck and Mark had this confrontation, the music is killing it. It's oh. so good. I've got it marked here for 40 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, it's right around that point where they're ha- about to go at it. And it's, it's really good. Builds the, the tension. Yeah, this, I'm really curious as to what's going on here. You know, they would throw in an additional taser into the mix here. I was thinking, well, maybe Jeremy's just crappy at diagnosing the, the dead person. Maybe he got tased with the wrong taser. Is he going to show up later and just be, you know, ultimate mad Chuck? Oh, I would love that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I was like, uh, I I guess, you know, in a video game, you need a, you need magical reload points. <laughs> so <laughs> or, or he makes it to uh, Central and opens the doors. Yeah, I don't know. That's I'm, where he's going if he wakes up. He's not going back to T-Block. I'm curious to see what happens. But... Uh, at the end of this, we find out that Simon takes Chuck's beer. Mm-hmm. And Simon said, are you sure? Like, questioning Mark, you're not going to kill me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, okay, so let's go back to the Chuck versus Mark tough situation. And you know, I like Chuck. I'm a Chuck fan. I feel like he went too far here. Um, at... Of course, if everybody made great decisions, there wouldn't be drama. But um, what did you think? Did you think that there was a clear-cut, 
you know, he sh- like Mark should have shot him or he Mark was wrong for shooting him. And a group dynamic, uh, I, I say go with the majority of what people are saying, and the majority was saying let's go back to T-Block. That's what I was saying. Like if Chuck was saying that he should have just – if I was Chuck or something, I, would, I might say, hey, what do you guys think? Yeah, like I don't know. Up. It seemed like you could be a little bit more strategic about it than instead of just rushing into an area you have no information on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always the possibility of Jody being able to get the camera feed and right. planning out an attack, you know, logically instead of heated. Or maybe, you know, getting control of one of those machines in Central. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That. I thought I thought Chuck was, you know, being selfish and not considering others and just kind of being a hothead. Yeah, that's the way I felt. And I was sorry to see him go. Uh if he if he just truly did, you know, here at the Real Life Fancast, we don't like to call somebody dead until the entire series is over and you hadn't seen him again. Or their guts have been ripped out and Well Hashtag Dati for President twenty sixteen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then in this storyline, you just never know what the true end of a person is because they could have come back as something else. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> now, at the very end of the scene, they start to formulate their plan. They're going to go out a different door. Excuse me. going to go out a different door. Um, and this is funny because <laughs> he wants... Mark's plan is to make them the zombies follow them so that they don't meander back into the other areas, the other hallway they have to get to, and block them on that direction. And this is straight up Call of Duty zombies. It's how you play it. You have to keep the zombies close behind you, or they do just that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like if you get if there's a, a if there's a roundabout area and you're running away from them, if you get too far from them where you're actually closer for them to follow you from the other side, they will turn around and then trap you. Now, they're not thinking like that here, but I get what he's saying. and Maybe maybe Mark plays some zombies. <laughs> Dude, this this whole scene was awesome. It was. kind of stinks that Chuck got tased twice this episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> not once, but twice. Not once. But the... And someone else pointed out too, and I, I, I copied it down, but so I'll save that for after we're, after we're done. But the whole chase scene going back was just incredible. You ready to go there? Yeah. All right, here we go. This is, let me double check. This is our last scene for analysis before we go into final notes. Um, the way back. The group heads back a different way to T Block being careful to keep the zombies close enough so that they don't uh, go back the other way and block their path. They go a longer way back, described as through that door, hang a left, down the hall, and through a classroom. And I guess he didn't go into this, but I guess through the classroom gets you back to the hallway that T-Block's on. Uh, Once back to the doors entering T-Block, they have a little trouble getting in before they brute force their way inside. After replacing the furniture barricade, the group learns of Chuck's fate and we learn that Mark doesn't want his injuries to be tended to because it's too late. End and credits. <laughs> yeah, it seems like every room in the jail, minus the cells, have two doors on it. Right. Ingress, egress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that 
those descriptions of the hallways and everything kind of painted a picture in my head as I, I was listening to it. I could kind of see these different rooms connecting to another, and you know, that it wasn't a, fr- you know, it wasn't, I know this for certain, but, you know, Mark had to think about it and go, oh, yeah, we can get through there. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of cool. It was, it was well done. Yeah, I was, like I, like before, I was completely lost the first time I listened to this, this listened to this, and um, the second time through and, you know, kind of paying close attention, I was able to figure out where they're going, and I could really, I could see it, you know, like you were talking about earlier. And, you know, it's just kind of dark in these rooms, and these guys are running along and stabbing zombies and all that. But as soon as he opens the door, there is one waiting for Mark, and he cries out at this point. It's about 42.50 in the uh, publicly available part three. I'm thinking, when I listened to this, that he got bit, and this was where it happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Because, oh, well, that would be cool. I know Simon got his Ninja Turtle on as soon as he got out the door, too. He started stabbing that one in the neck. That's the one that bit him, yeah. Mark cries out a bit, and then Simon stabs it in the neck. Here goes! As Mark opened the door, there was one outside just waiting for him. He reached through and grabbed onto him, and I lunged forward as fast as I could, stabbed it in the neck. Huh, I'm going to have to go back and listen for that. I didn't get that out of the scene. Because you you hear Mark go, ah! (laughs) Not quite the Wilhelm scream, but... Uh, someone tasers one also, and uh, so does that. Does is that working? First try on each one of them now. I'm guessing so because they don't. I never hear them say audibly, "This didn't work." Yeah, I guess it. You get you get one right, and I'm cool with that. But <laughs> they've said a couple times this episode that the tasers don't work on them. I guess they just thought they didn't work because they didn't work the second time. Yeah, I get it. Buys them time at least. It does, but <laughs> the whole there was this whole dynamic between was it Bogart and Jeremy? Yes, that was so funny. You're this like a crack in the in the head of one of the zombies, and someone says, "Oh, ouch!" Sorry, Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, poor Mitchell. He was cool. The guy, yeah, he was. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I wonder if that was another Kickstarter reward. I'm like, these two have to be. <laughs> Might just be. Friends of the show. And then followed by, what about this guy? Nah, kill away. (laughs) Um, Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Bogart gets scared and Jeremy starts to, you know, do a speech. Get up, Bogart. You're going to cower and die or fight and, ah, bleep this. And he says, (laughs) I don't have time to inspire you, man. Just get on your feet. (laughs) That was great. I like Jeremy. Yeah, it seemed... Chuck was you know, my favorite character, but now Jeremy's going to step it up. Yes, he's grabbed the, the torch. He, um... And this this makes sense, because you can't sit there and monologue in the middle of the, the zombie chase, trying to inspire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> they make it back to the door here, and somebody, you know, Jeremy's like, Mark, come on. And he says, it's Deputy Dykstra. I was like, this guy... This freaking guy. I mean, am I supposed to hate him? I'm trying not to. <laughs> but when you do that sort of thing in the heat of the moment, uh, come on. At some point, 
You're going to bond on some level. I think you're good now. Right. It's like, I'm going to take you in for that one. <laughs> it's a solitary with you. This is cringeworthy. So, yeah, they they get in, finally. They brute force their way in, and they've... Oh, well, my mic stand here. And uh, they got the phone, but it doesn't work. Well, it works, but it can't get a call out. Because the world is gone. It's the end of the world. And then uh, they, you know, people are asking, where's Chuck? They said Mark shot him. Mark explains why he tased them. <laughs> Whenever, I think it's Danny tries to do some first aid on Mark. Yeah. Yeah, she's, uh, she's wanting to get the first aid kit out. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't touch me, it's too late. Yeah, and Simon points out that most of it isn't even his blood. So I guess as he's either bit, like you say, or as he's fighting the other ones, he got mixed into his wound. Mm-hmm. Which we know at this point will turn you. Do we know that? Yeah. From where? They, they figured it out in the very beginning. That's how it spread through the jail with the drunks. I thought they just thought that. They, they didn't know how it was communicable, communicated or whatever. They had a pretty good assumption that was what it was. I, I thought they were pretty comfortable in it. That's what happens. I don't think that's a spoiler. No, I don't think so. I, I know it's a thing in a different zombie fiction. Yeah. I'm just not sure they've, they've played with that rule yet. Yeah, they, they had some pretty heavy leaning swords at already. I mean, they're... I mean, I don't, spread I don't really quick. I don't doubt that that's the case. I just wouldn't think Mark would know that. Well, they uh, they talked about it in the very beginning because the drunk had a cut on him, right? And normal close contact didn't get them infected. I'm, I'm pretty positive he, he was bit at the at other points. So it makes this whole thing a a moot, or as some people say, a mute point. Just, just <laughs> yeah, a, a mute point. A mute. <laughs> Come on, Casey. So I'll be quiet. Tell Mickey's wrong. <laughs> I'm kidding. not. I don't know. <laughs> we could we could go listen to it right now. <laughs> it's out for the Kickstarters, but we're not going to. Oh yeah, we're going to in about twenty five minutes or so. Yep, I'll be listening <laughs> to that tonight. Oh, feel free to message me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I may not make it that far. I'm not either. I got to get up early, and uh, I'm an hour difference. And I, tra- I traveled. I traveled back into our, yeah, back in, no, into the future. Whoa. Whoa. Filthy, 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 free to tweet me and tell me I'm wrong. We'll throw it in the correction section. (laughs) (laughs) Please. So, you have any more final bits? Uh, You know, we don't have a whole lot of feedback this week, but this one ties directly into the scene. So I'll go ahead and put it out there. Nick Voodoo posted on the uh, forums uh, that, gotta say, it takes some extreme talent to unleash a foot chase in audio format and allow it to be easy to follow. Mm -hmm. Good job, cast and crew, and poor, poor Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking, too, because it it definitely painted the picture for you. You saw it playing out in your head, and you could visualize the rooms and the hallways. Yeah, and like we were talking about earlier with the bad lighting, <laughs> right? It was just yeah, that was awesome. It was good. That that made up for Mark's bipolar giving in and then being mad about it. Yes. There's a uh, my final thing for I guess for the episode. Some of my notes here. 
again, we've said it before, why isn't Mark trying to abandon these people and go find his wife? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a precedence for me. I mean, at this point, it's been days, and now you're worried that there's some that made it out, so... Yeah, I mean, he already thinks poorly of these people. If the only person there he really, truly cares about is Danny, then get the heck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I get that he can't really do that without the rest of the inmates, but... Right. I don't know. So, evidence that Mark has bit um, for what this chapter brought us. His voice of pain after leaving the station with the phone. Uh, Jody says, Mark, you're bleeding. Um, it's what's, but that's probably just his arm, though. It's a flesh wound. Just a flesh wound. From uh, the spear of Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he won't let Danny touch him or get near him. It's a spear which, of which, which sounds to me like other zombie fiction when people are trying to hide that they're bit. Not not it's too late, but they're trying to hide it. But then he says it's too late. So, yeah, this is kind of a muddied up discussion. And I'm, it's good when we're on the opposite sides because you have evidence for your theory. I have evidence for mine. That's what makes this fun. Yeah. Mine uses logic. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And mine uses actual audio clips. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But it is. (laughs) Oh, let's see. So you think think when Simon stabbed the zombie, he stabbed Mark too then? No, I don't. Someone on the forum said that, but it wasn't him. How did blood get in his wound then? Because they fought other zombies on the way back. Okay. You know, and they and the zombies have blood. I could see that. Oh, okay. I mean, that's. I'm not saying I don't think your theory could happen. I was just trying to see if you like had a place in mind that you thought the that it got um, dirtied up or whatever. No, I, I. I mean, I don't know for sure. It just that's where I went with it. Logic, you know, what it, what it seemed like what happened to me. Yeah. Uh, I had a prediction Jody's eventually going to do stuff on the computers and whatever she does will lead Ink to being, to be able to get to them. Doesn't matter much anyways, uh, but it could happen. Yeah. Uh, she, it's probably one of the unidentified voices we heard contacting, you know, Dunbar or something in the other series. Um, Jeremy might be a CIA plant or something. (laughs) That's my theory from last time. That's a way out there one, but possible. He's just trying to break into the Mexicazi, (laughs) the Delta Charlie Bravo. Uh, Yeah, I don't have any crazy theories. I think Simon is Chuck somehow. Might uh, still happen. Yeah, I think, well, I don't think he's Chuck. I think some of the characteristics of Chuck are actually describing him himself is what it was. Um, and let's see. That's about all I had left that hasn't been answered yet. I've mentioned things are going to go bad. How will they get free? Will Jeremy, the trustee, help them out since he, he isn't in chains? And that's not quite what happened. And will we get to see Cohen? Still don't know that yet. Well, hmm. I don't know. And then we have one big looming question. TMM is the next series I'm working on, says Casey. It might be presumptuous to think of think of me to think that there is there might be a fan cast. Hmm. Well, we work for cheap, so <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have anything left before favorite lines? 
No. All right, I've got two honorable mentions and one winner. Go for it. All right, well, Jeremy, Chuck, I swear, if you try anything like that in this office, I'll kick your teeth in. See, we're good. Yeah, and if you want, we can police our own. Chuck, I swear if you try anything again like that in the office, I will kick your f***ing teeth in. See, we're good. Wait, what? what? <laughs> that was that was my all-time favorite one. <laughs> and Owen Simon said, totally vampire rules, you called it. I thought that was pretty hilarious for him to stop and say that. And my I, other oh, favorite yeah. uh, one was the, the banter in the hallway about Mitchell. Look out! Ah, there you go. Ah, ooh, ouch. Sorry, Mitchell. Yeah, poor Mitchell. He was cool. He was. Yeah. <laughs> what about him? You know this guy? Nah, kill away. All right. Ah! Go, go. <laughs> that was good. He was cool. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Slice. Or blood force trauma. Yay. Boom. Or. <laughs> what? Yeah, however you did it the first time you did it when we were doing the sound test. Dad! Okay, there we go. <laughs> Sorry for anybody whose speakers just blew out. What's, what's this one sound like? Uh, what, What's that show? It's a, like a crime show? Oh, Law and Order? Yeah, yeah, that. Dong, <laughs> <laughs> dong. Uh, and my favorite was when Jeremy said, I don't have time to inspire to inspire you, man. Just get on your feet. Oh, God. I can't do it, man. Uh, you gonna cower and die or fight and die? Yes. Ah! I don't have time to inspire you, man. Just get on your feet. Okay. Yeah, Come Jeremy. On. Jeremy's cool. He's a good leader. And the news, not much. I have one tweet related to TMM, actually. Uh, Casey Whalen says, the hashtag TMM logo is done. Feels weird to let people know what it means soon. And I asked him, you know, when does soon mean? And he said, uh, probably going to have to wait till the end of lockdown, which is relatively soon. Sad as that is. Yes. Question Ow. of the week. Um, if you have a better question, please, please give it to me. But I have, uh, did Mark do the right thing with Chuck? Was there, is there some kind of reason why he shouldn't have done that? He had the second taser. That would have sufficed. Did he have that? Yeah. See, if, did they did they offer it to him? He, he already took it. Weird. He already took it from Simon. Didn't he? Yeah. Why didn't he use that? No, a, I didn't even he's think a about jerk. that. Huh? Because Mark got what he had coming. Okay. So we have uh, an email from Awilda. It says, "Hey, Mick and Redbeard." Uh, this is Awilda, sorry if I'm saying that wrong, from upstate New York. Love your podcast, and I am so excited about lockdown. I was listening to you trying to decipher what Fredo said, and I thought I could help you out. He said, uh, begins with CH. I'm not, since we're family friendly, I probably shouldn't curse in uh, Spanish also. <laughs> uh, tu madre, cerdo. Chingao! Uh, basically, it breaks down as follows. Cerdo is pig or swine, tu madre, yo mama, and ching... She, uh, rest of that word means, uh, if language we don't use in the podcast, keep the clean rating. <laughs> <laughs> and she, so the, uh, Wilda said, so he said, blank, yo mama pig. Uh, Wilda finishes the email with, thank you, Miley Cyrus. Keep on podcasting. Yes. Thank that, you, Miley Cyrus. That was hilarious. <laughs> 
So that's all I've got for today's show, man. That's all I got. For the lovely listeners. Lovely. Very good. Well, signing out from Little Rock here, I'm Mick. And I'm Redbeard. All right. Thank you, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs>